there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he's also uh, submits match reports and other stories for our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. I think a good place to start this week, uh, Peter, probably the first big Super League blockbuster of the season, unbeaten Wigan Warriors against unbeaten Castleford Tigers, which uh, looks an intriguing game will be played this Thursday evening. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a good way of putting it, the first blockbuster of the season. Both teams will have an opportunity to see where they are, I think, after, after four league matches. Um, Castleford will certainly go into it fancying the chances I think they're in good form did a very good job against Lee last week which was a sort of potentially tricky fixture really everything to lose and, and not an awful lot to, to gain when you go into something as, as hot favourites but they did um, did a professional job scored some cracking tries um, it's a shame that they'll be without Jesse Senilafeo who is suspended this week for an incident in that game and um, also Gareth O'Brien who got an injury but um, Danny Richardson's coming back so he'll take over from O'Brien I don't think they'll be they'll be weakened by that and um, they'll go there and fancy their chances Wigan are, are playing very well though I, without doing anything particularly spectacular um, they, they just seem to wear teams down it's obviously quite it's usually quite tight early on in, in Wigan games and then they just sort of overpower teams late on. That's what they did against Leeds last week. It was close for the most part, but um, Wigan pulled away at the end. And they've also got two players who are in absolutely outstanding form. There's some talk. Bevan French could come back this week, their fullback. But with him not playing, Zach Hardek has been... Uh, the last line of defence so far this season, and I think he's been absolutely outstanding. His fullback is certainly his best position. Um, I think that's where he wants to play. That's where he's most at home, most effective. So, I think if if they were to bring French back at fullback and move Hardacre into the centres, which is where they've also got players missing, they've had a couple of um, second rowers playing there in recent games. I think that'll actually weaken Wigan. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they what they do about that. Um, they've also got Jackson Hastings, who announced this week that he's leaving at the end of the season to join West Tigers on a two-year deal. But he's been in sensational form as well. The pair of them were, were the difference, really, against Leeds last week. And if Cass can do a, a good job on those two, can keep those two quiet, then they've every chance of going over to um, going over to Wigan and winning. I think they've got their own players who... Wigan will be concerned about people like Paul McShane, who's in tremendous form. Um, Liam Watts has had a strong start to the season, so has Ollie Holmes. Um, Jake Truman, of course, um, a player who's not in the England squad and, and therefore has a point to prove. He could still work his way in if he um, if he plays well this season, and I don't think he'll be very far off. So it's, it's just a fascinating game. Seems quite evenly matched. Um, there's obviously no crowd in there, so I don't think home advantage makes too much of a difference. Um, and I'm just just fascinated to see how it um, how it will go. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there about Wigan. I've seen them two or three times this season, and as you say, they're not particularly a flair team or 
are stunning to watch, but they they just never go away, do they? They, as you say, against I saw quite a bit of the game against Leeds, and although Leeds competed well and in the circumstances did very well, when you consider the number of injuries they've got, you just felt you know Wigan were always going to win. They guys like Liam Farrell, you know, it was no surprise that he scored again towards the end because. The guy's just a machine, and 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 that's what they seem to do. They almost like the old boxer taking all the punches on the ropes, and then you know they come out swinging at the end when the other team are exhausted, and, and that's what they seem to do against Leeds the other night. And you, you mentioned Zach as well, and somebody I meant to mention a couple of weeks ago actually, but at the start of this season, he looks really, really lean and fit which not to say that Zach doesn't normally look fit but he looked in really good condition and and really up for up for it and as you say apart from a couple of wayward kicks in a couple of games he has been absolutely superb and and back to the best we saw of him at both Leeds and Cass and I'm glad you know he's a he's a great player and one of the players that you want to see and you want to see doing well and uh, you know I've been really impressed with him so far this season and as you say, from a cast point of view, you know they've won every game they've played. Uh, Neil Neil Level, sorry, has come and slotted in as if he's been there all his career. Uh, and they have some great flair players too. And again, you feel it might be a bit of a, a boxing match where that you know Cass will probably really go for it, and Wigan will probably absorb it and try and get them on the break. And you know it's a really fascinating game, one I'm really looking forward to. And, Shame that Jackson Hastings is going home, but I don't think it was any real surprise. I got the feeling in the close season that he'd probably been told that you know if you give us one more season, you can you can go home at the end of this one. And I think all parties have probably agreed to that. And you know it'd be a miss for the British game again. Somebody who's come over with a point to prove, and both at Salford and Wigan, you know, had a superb few years, and obviously was Man of Steel, wasn't he as well? So. You know he'll be missed uh, by Wigan, but knowing then they'll already have something up their sleeve or someone ready to replace him either within their ranks or or bringing someone in. So yeah, that's a game I'm I'm really looking forward to. I think you know it'd be a good advert for the game that, and I know we keep saying it every week. It's a real shame that fans can't be in, but uh, that's as it is for now. And maybe when they meet again later in the season. Uh, if they're both still up at the top end of the table, which I'm sure they probably will be, uh, the fans will be able to get to see them then. And then our other two teams have both got uh, games over on Humberside, haven't they? Hull KR uh, playing Leeds and Hull playing Wakefield. Hull KR in another thriller last week. Looked like it was going to go to Golden Point again, didn't it? But they managed to get the the kick uh, just before the end of the game this time and save themselves that agony. Although, fair play to Huddersfield for coming back into the game as they did. Mm, I, I was pleased to okay, I won that one because I thought they had a couple of um, video referee decisions went against them that were, were questionable at best. Um, they're, they're an interesting team, okay, yeah, because the player really sort of all the other coaches call it an unpredictable style. You never know, quite know what you're going to get from them. But um, but they've been hanging in games, haven't they? they? They were well beaten by Saints. But other than that, all, all the games have been decided by a point. Um, so you'd expect it to be close. Leeds will have some players back 
we've not seen the 21-man squad yet, but we're told that um, Ash Hanley will play for the first time this season, as will Conrad Hurrell. Liam Sutcliffe could be back. Richie Myler is available. So is Odin Thompson and King Vuni Yayawa. So, Glad you could say that. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for me to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, so that will give Leeds a, a bit of a bet, a more balanced look to the team. They won't have to play so many people out of position. Presumably some of the young rookies who've come in will drop out. Um, we were talking to Richard Agar earlier on Leeds' weekly press conference and, and he's saying that just because you have big names back on the team sheet doesn't automatically mean you, you're going to get the performance. What he's looking for is a repeat of the same sort of effort and commitment they've shown over the last few weeks, but with players coming in to just give them a little bit of what they've been lacking, which is experience and, and strike power, particularly out wide. I think they'll do that, but I think it'll be a, a tough game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Eastman goes in his second game for Leeds, particularly if he has someone a little bit more established as a halfback alongside him. Last week he, he had um, Reese Martin, who's not a standoff, he's a second rower, but had to play in the halves. Obviously that was tough for Kyle Eastman, but he knows what to expect now. I would think he'll probably have Myler at his side um, in the halves this week, or possibly Sutcliffe if, um, if Sutcliffe plays. <clears throat> and that'll That'll help him. Um, Lisa's pack's in decent shape. I think Mikhail Jelensky is playing really well at the moment. Um, outstanding start to the season from, from Big Mick. And he's been called into the England squad, which is extra incentive for him. Um, Leeds need to win. As we've said before, they've been gallant losers over the last yeah. few weeks. But gallant losers are still losers, aren't they? They need to start picking up some wins. Um, so I think it's a I think it's a big game. Apparently, Hulkar haven't won back to back matches since the summer of 2018. So they'll be looking to put that right. They've got a lot of ex Leeds connections mm-hmm. over there who are going to be fired up for it. It's going to be a bit strange seeing Ryan Hall playing against Leeds. Um, but again, it's just a, it's another really interesting game. And I think whichever team wins that will be fancying themselves to to kick on and, and climb up the, the league table, I think. You'd probably, if Leeds get players back, you might make them narrow favourites. But I think it's um, I think it's a tough one to call. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think it could be another tight one. And we could may well be talking about another golden point scenario or last few minutes to decide the game. Um, as you say, Hull KR certainly look a lot improved this season and apart from the Saints game which realistically you probably wouldn't have expected them to win anyway they've competed in every game and they've been unlucky a couple of times uh, coming out on the wrong end of a result and I'm sure last weekend the fact that Huddersfield came storming back into the game but Hull managed to dig a win out will have been a great uh, relief to Tony Smith but also a great sort of confidence booster for them as well, you know, that they can win games. And, and, and let's face it, the games against the likes of Huddersfield, Wakey, Lee, Salford will be the ones they'll be targeting to win, especially at home. And, uh, you know, Leeds, obviously, few players coming back now. 
and you would expect them to get stronger as the season goes on. But it might just be the right time again for, for Hull to play Leeds. Uh, you know, maybe, as you say, complete that back-to-back sequence. Uh, it seems strange that it's been that long since they obviously allowing for COVID as well since they managed to win two on the bounce. But, uh, you know, I think they'll go into that game very confident. And again, it could be a, a tight one and uh, one I'm looking forward to. And Leeds will certainly have to be on their guard early doors. I don't know if you saw where, well, I'm sure you did see where uh, Ben Crooks had set a new Super League record scoring for KR after something like seven seconds against Huddersfield. A, a strange passage of play where they kicked off and, the ball bounced around as it often does and everybody stood waiting for the right bounce and, and Crooks just legged it up the field, gathered it and, and went over. And It's hard to see really how you could score a, a faster try. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think... I, sorry, Richard, I, I've seen one like that in, a few years ago. Um, in pre-season games, I don't know whether it officially counted as a, a record, but we ranked out the time it was. was um, it was... Featherstone against Wakefield in a pre-season game at Featherstone. I think Tim Spears scored it in similar circumstances. Featherstone kicked off and nobody picked the ball <laughs> up and, so, and just ran through and, and touched it down. I was, I think I was still writing the teams out and saw them kick off and then looked up and they were kicking off again. Yeah. It was, um, it was yeah. It, but, yeah, I don't just don't see how you could score any quicker than, um, than that, no. really. It was... It was an explosive start to the game, but well done for um, to Crooks for, for the sort of chasing a, a lost cause and being aware enough to um, to do that. And it's always nice to see a, a bit of history, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, and, and as you say, ultimately, probably, well, it did, it won them the game, didn't it? That bit of, you know, thinking on his feet and, and gambling and getting up there and just seeing what happened. And while everyone else stood, you know, he, he managed to get hold of the ball and score and... I can't honestly think of a, a time in all my time either watching, well, either code or, or reporting on, on either code. I, I honestly can't remember a try that quick, um, you know, at any level, whether it's, uh, you know, amateur or professional. It was it was a real, well, for me personally, a real one-off, you know, something, you know, and again, you know, you just can't see another, another unless you had something bizarre where somebody kicked it against the post from the kickoff and it fell kindly to someone you just can't see that record being beaten. You know, it real could be a real one-off in the history of the game. That, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. And, and, and I've just just while you were talking, I've just um, I've just googled it, and it was January twenty fourteen. The Spears when it was Tim Spears, right? Um, timed at seven point seven seconds, right, for for Featherston against against Wakefield. So um, so yeah, I don't know. We- do you have a time? Equal equaled the one from, or the one from the other days equaled that. Um, I was going to say, do you have a time to hand for that? I think I, I have a feeling it said about seven point nine, but um, don't know. Maybe you could have a quick look while we're chatting, because um, on the other side of Hull, um, Wakefield are coming on. <laughs> They're going over there this week, and and Danny Houghton, he also set a Super League record last week. Weekend assisted by the golden point periods of 85 tackles in a game, which is again one that you would find hard to see ever being beaten. And if it was, it'd probably be Danny that did it. It's just, I know they played an extra 10 minutes, but it's just, 
That's just absolutely staggering, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How on earth does he walk for the following sort of <laughs> week? And just, just absolutely incredible. Um, haven't seen that game, to be honest, but um, obviously lots of drama. I think Warrington scored on the last play and and um, the conversion with the final kick sent it into extra time then neither team scored which is a rule I don't think that many people know about if if neither team scores in two periods of extra time in a Super League game it, it's a draw anyway which seems odd to me we brought Golden Point in to make sure there aren't any draws so why, why do they have a draw um, if no one scores in, in extra time I think it's odd I, I, would have, I mean, I'm, I'm not in favour of Golden Point. I'd like to see it scrapped, but if you're going to have it, I think you should actually have it and say, well, we'll, we'll keep playing however long it takes someone to score. Um, I also, I'm not sure how it affects the league table now when the table has been decided by win percentage. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Neither team won, did they? So, ineffectively, effectively, both teams lost. Yeah. From that point of view, neither of them picked up a, a a boost to their win percentage. So that's something else that obviously wasn't really thought about when, and that's understandable because we weren't expecting a, a pandemic to come along. But um, but that's just another flaw, really, with um, with Golden Point, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, be interesting to see what what happens with that. I mean, as I've said before, I. I would like to see Golden Point scrapped. I just don't see what it what it adds to um, to the league competition. If someone scores on the final play of the game and, and kicks the conversion with the last kick and that levels the scores, that is exciting enough, isn't it? You, you don't need, in my opinion, an extra 10 minutes or whatever to, to add to the excitement. I think a draw is a fair result. Um, Obviously, it does make it difficult when, when we're on win percentage, but that's not going to last for much longer. Hopefully, we'll be back to normal next season. Um, and and now the leadership has changed at, um, at Super League. I'd, I'd hope that the policy we had of just just copying what the NRL are doing, I would hope that that um, policy is a thing of the past and we can, we can ditch Golden Point and and go back to good old-fashioned rugby league as it was two years ago. Yes, I think at that time the, the mantra was that every second counted, wasn't it? That uh, <laughs> games finished at 80 minutes and every second counted, but now it's every second and a few more, it seems. And I know we've been very critical of Golden Point on, over time on this show, and and again, you know, nothing has changed my mind about that. You know, I, I would like to see it go as well. But it was quite interesting, as you said there, that I don't think a lot of people, and probably to a degree, including myself, realised that there were actually two short periods and then after that the game became a draw. Obviously, the previous week's cup game that went to the 99th minute had to be played uh, to a conclusion because you know the teams need, one team needed to be knocked out and the other to go through. But to play two periods and then for no outcome to happen... And then to say, well, it's a draw. And then, as you've rightly pointed out there, it also messes the statistics of the league table up as well. Uh, it just adds yet another another problem to it. And, 
you just think, well, you know, I'm a. I know we've said it loads of times, but I say it again. You know, whatever happens at the end of the game is is the result to me, and that's the end of it. You know, that unless you need in a cup tie away, obviously where you have to decide that one team goes through. But in a league game, you know, if you've played for the full eighty and has happened there, somebody scores in the last moments, you know, the player might have missed the kick and then, you know, the, the other team wins anyway. That's all all part of it. The jeopardy, the, the word we're hearing so much in football this week. And and you know, I think that it's something that really does need looking at and, you know, I think as as well I Maybe at the moment when fans aren't there, they're getting away with it a bit more. But I, I don't think fans overall would be too happy to see their team uh, lose if they've gone to Golden Point, you know, having put in a great effort for the previous 80 minutes. Mm, and, uh, well, rugby league's an 80-minute game, isn't it? It's yeah. not an 83-minute game or an 85-minute game or a 90-minute game. It's an 80-minute game. That's Should it. And... Them? in the lower books and that's that's what we should stick to but and they're playing um, to the clock as well aren't they it's not like it's 80 minutes plus 10 minutes of injury time you know the clock's on and off on and off and they play the the true 80 minutes don't they and I think I think that's enough particularly as well with the way that the game is in terms of its physicality uh, and the schedule now you know extra 10 and 15 minutes here and there probably aren't good for the players in the current circumstances and uh, you know Again, you know, they do. I think the players, in terms of the training and the physical effort they put into matches and the physical punishment that most of them take, you know, that's I think in the modern game that's more than enough when we hear about things like concussion and bad injuries to players and mm, and bad yeah. strains and other things that happen as a result of the pressure their bodies are put under. Then, you know, I think 80 minutes is probably more than enough in the modern game, yeah, yeah, me too. And sorry, Peter, just going back to uh, Ben Crooks for a moment. I had a quick look myself there. And the whole Daily Mail says seven seconds for his try. So uh, that's that's the record that the Super League, or the, the saying for Super League anyway. So be interesting to see. If, probably all teams now will be practising that to see if they can, if they can get, catch teams on the hop from the kickoff. But uh, we'll wait and see as it goes on. And just carrying on there then with, with Hull and Wakey, another tough week, I think, coming up for Wakey, sadly. We've been linked with signing Andrew Fafita, the uh, fabled brother of the club's David. Um, I'm not really sure whether that's the right path for Wakefield to go down, personally speaking. Um, obviously being a brilliant player in his time and an Australian international and state of origin player, but I believe he's had a few injuries in, in recent times and... Maybe him and his brother just want to play together uh, one last time. I don't know. I don't know what the the plan behind it is. Obviously, in a way, it's a coup for Wakefield if they could sign a player of that quality. And I'm sure he'd bring a level uh, of professionalism and interest for crowds as well, you know, if he was to sign. But uh, in some ways, you think maybe Wakey might be better investing their money in two or three young and up-and-coming players, maybe players they could get on loan from Super League sides that aren't playing at the moment um, and just give their squad a bit of a, a shake-up like that. But sure, Wakey have their reasons and maybe maybe they've got a backer who's willing to, to fund it, I don't know. Um, but uh, certainly they've certainly started going down that path to look to sign him, haven't they? Uh, so it'd be interesting to see whether he does actually come. Uh, it doesn't look like he'll be playing in Australia this year, so maybe 
they'll be contributing something towards the cost of him uh, playing at Wakefield because you can't imagine it. Wakefield could afford to meet the salary he'll be on in the NRL. Mm, mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he goes and how he affects his his brother, really, when they're over here. They might bring the best out of each, of each other. But, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a gamble isn't it if they're going to be spending big money on on one player we'll have to wait and see what what the outcome of that is but Wakefield definitely need something to to give them a little bit of a spark don't they they're they're putting a lot of effort in that's not in question in my opinion Um, and they're generally doing pretty well for 40 minutes in games but they just seem to fall away after half time that's happened in um, the last certainly the last two league games they've played and to an extent in the cup tie as well against Catalans I think Wakefield once they get a win they'll get two or three on the board that's often what happens with Trinity but a win yeah. looks looks some way away at the moment you'd say they'll be certainly underdogs going to Hull this week um, not Hull you never know after after the extra time last week the big effort players as you've mentioned put in maybe um maybe Wakefield who've had a little bit extra um extra rest a couple of days more time to recover that might help them um they've nothing really to lose have they they just got to go out and, and give it a go and certainly if if they get the game together and play well they've they've got a chance but they're missing a lot of players um a lot of strike Tom Johnson's a big miss. He's been stood down because of concussion. Yeah. They've got um, several other injuries and that's that's making it hard for them. Um, but I, I do hope they can pick up um, pick up a win sooner rather than later. Yeah, certainly. Um, we've mentioned it over the last couple of weeks. I think it's essential that they, they don't get cut adrift. There's obviously going to be a little league table down there at the bottom involving the likes of Wakey, Lee, Salford, maybe Hull KR, possibly Huddersfield, you'd think. And those five, really, you'd imagine the outcome of their Super League futures will probably hinge on how they do against each other. And while you might not expect Wakey to beat Hull, they have gone there in the past, haven't they, in in tough circumstances and and pulled off an unexpected win. And we've got Andy Last in the Wakefield camp now, who knows a lot about Hull, the former coach there, and was in charge of them at the back end of last season. And, you know, we just hope, that, you know, sooner or later Wakefield can get a win and, and get on a bit of a roll before they start playing these games against the sides that they really do need to beat if they're, if they're to stay in Super League. And, uh, you know, let's hope that some of these injured players can come back. But again, as we've said in the past, the, the less well-funded clubs, shall we say, they've a strong 17, 18, 19, but outside of that, they haven't really got the depth in the squads that the bigger clubs have or the, or the youth to bring in uh, to fill the gaps. But you don't want to sound too downbeat, you know. Obviously, hope that Wakey can turn it round. And Chris Chester in particular, who's a, a good guy and he's had success at Wakefield in the past. Um, and let's hope that between them all, they can work it out and, and start winning again soon. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. He's a good guy, Chris Chester. And... Um... And uh, yeah, I do hope he can he can turn things round. And just finally, this week, Peter, I see um, on an international uh, front, England have arranged a, a friendly with Fiji for just after the end of the season, October the fifteenth, as part of the 
World Cup warm-up. Um, so hopefully that by then, I'm quite sure Sean will have a good idea of his starting 17 and, you know, they can get some, you know, get into a camp and, and start their preparations for the World Cup there. Yeah, that'll be a good occasion all round, I think. Hopefully we'll have fans back um, by that stage. I think the initial plan is for 2,000 fans, but obviously if coronavirus restrictions are lifted, that'll go up. Um, it's been played at Rochdale at uh, what you and I would, know as Spotland. I think yes. it's the Crown Royal Arena now, but um, but yeah, Spotland um, hosted a World Cup game in, in 2013, Fiji against Ireland, and, and I was at that. That was a, a terrific night with a, a full house. It'd be good to see a full house again for this one, and Fiji will be good good opposition for England eight days out from their opener against Samoa. Um, it's I think I think it's really nice that um, that this game has been played at Rochdale it's part of the club's 150th anniversary celebrations and um, obviously the Hornets have close connections with Fiji and Rochdale is home to the second largest um, population Fijian population in this country outside of London um, all stems back to the I think it was the 60s when um, four Fijians came over to to play for Rochdale Hornets. Um, there are close ties there, and I just think it's it's going to be a really good occasion. It's yeah. good that England are playing in somewhere like um, like Rochdale, where local fans won't. Um, obviously, they don't have to travel too far to watch watch England, where normal England games are generally played. But to, to have them playing in their town will be good for. Um, Good for local fans, good for the town. Um, and Fiji play Australia the week after, so it'll be a, a decent measure for, for both teams to see where they're at eight days before the tournament starts. And, um, and yeah, it's going to be a good occasion. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that Fijian connection with Rochdale. I think you've told me about that before. Um, there was a, a, quite a few Fijian or people of Fijian heritage in the town, which face value let's you know you quite perhaps expect that but uh you know they they usually throw the ball around well as well don't they in both codes both union and league the fijian team are usually exciting some big strong running players good ball handlers and as you say a good test for england uh, ahead of the world cup starting and something to look forward to at the end of the season and as you say hopefully by then we say it many times bigger crowds will be getting into the grounds and uh, things will be getting back to normal. Okay then, Peter, well, I think that we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, great chatting to you as usual. And thanks for all your comments and insight. Just my weekly reminder that you can get the very latest Rugby League news from Peter's Twitter handle at PetersmithYEP and my own at Richard Byron YEP, as well as the Yorkshire Evening Post and Yorkshire Post Twitter feeds YEP Sports Desk and YEP Sports Desk and also YorkshireEveningPost.co.uk where you can get this podcast and previous editions too. It's also available on Apple and Spotify and other platforms where you can get um, programmes from the past as well. So thanks very much again for listening. Thanks again to Peter and we'll hopefully be back again soon.